to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so on your favorite podcatcher, GPB, GPB gpb.org, the GPB Sports app. A lot of different ways to catch up. It was good to have Dr. Robin Hines, the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, on with us last week. This week, Hannah, someone very special. Yes, we have Tommy's son, Jay, on. I'm very excited to talk to him. Of course, about his father's legacy, a little bit about football, South Georgia football especially. Really excited to have him on in just a few minutes. All right, so rapid fire. What are the games that you had on your mind from this past weekend? All right. Woo, what a Friday. First of all, John, back in the studio together, yes. social distanced. Socially distanced, and Sean Powers, our irreplaceable producer, mm-hmm. has taken photos. So those will come out, and he'll show just how socially distanced we were this entire time. It's just nice to be able to do the podcast and see you. Yes. Hi. All right. All right. Yes. Well, this past Friday, some of the games I had my eye on were in 7A around mm-hmm. the metro Atlanta area. Grayson goes 4-0 with a 26-7 win over Archer. Phil Maffa rushed for 145 yards, two TDs. A.J. Lopez returned an interception, 81 yards for a touchdown as well. Did you watch that one, John? I did not. I was all over the place. But Archer now gets North Gwinnett this week, and so that's going to make it uh, that much tougher for Andy Dyer and Archer. Norcross is also undefeated at 3-0. They beat South Gwinnett last Friday, 45-14. Mason Kaplan was 10-15, of passing for 169 yards and three touchdowns. It's a good game for him. And Norcross, uh, they have not been making the deep runs into the playoffs that they would have liked over the last handful of years, and this is a great start for uh, Norcross this season here in 2020. A bit of a surprise, Lovejoy defeated North Gwinnett 19-7. The Wildcats were unranked and a 38-point underdog, John. The win bumped them up to number five. Well, and I think that this probably speaks to what we're going to be seeing from Lovejoy going forward. It's not necessarily everybody's looking for the negative in this situation. What does this mean for North Gwinnett? It's okay. It's what non-region games are for. I think this speaks to to Lovejoy and their preparation for a North Gwinnett team. As we already said, that they're going to be playing Archer this upcoming week. That was 6A. A few other notes. 5A, BT going 2-0. They beat Kell 54-32. Justin Haynes rushed for 250 yards, four touchdowns on 21 carries. J.C. French, 6-for-6 passing for 247 yards and four touchdowns. And in Class 4A, I had my eye on that Marist game. They go 3-0. They beat Hampton 45-2. Nothing. Six players scored touchdowns. Here's some of my greatest hits, and we'll reinforce these on Wednesday's Countdown to Kickoff show as well with me and Hannah on the GPB Sports Facebook page. Crisp goes to Eagles Landing Christian, gets the win after uh, surrendering points early. The the defense shut it down, so Brad Harbour gets a quality win on the road. Warner Robins put 47 on Northside, one of the biggest margins of victory in their history. Colquitt beat Valdosta 24-10. to We'll get into that with Jay Palmer just around the corner. Lowndes knocked off Lee County by 25. And we'll also get into Bainbridge and Thomasville. Fitzgerald, after having one game canceled, scheduled on the fly, go to Louisville, play Jeffco in 14-12. Rabin, this is an old Tommy Palmer phrase, mm-hmm. pack a lunch and a dinner. 
It's my favorite one from Go, him. Going from Tiger, Georgia to Bremen to play a game. It's going from the Northeast Georgia Mountains all the way basically to the Alabama border. Uh, back and forth game at the half. Rabin put the pedal down second half to win by 14. Taylor County and Sly in single A public. Taylor County, big win by 19 over Sly County. Washington County quality win against Swainsboro by five for Joel Ingram and the Golden Hawks. And then White County stays undefeated on the year, knocking off Hab Central 28 to 21. That's just some of the highlights on my board. What happened in that old Colquitt game? Well, we're going to let Jay tell you what happened in the Colquitt game. So uh, we're going <laughs> to let uh, Jay Palmer talk about what he's been seeing this particular season. And I know it's it's been uh, it's been a, a long season already for Jay on a bunch of different fronts. We miss his dad, Tommy, very, very much. But Jay right now is going to be visiting us from Flint Media Studios down in Bainbridge, where he's also spending time as an early county volunteer coach this year as he stays in the game. And obviously the first question I had for Jay is, How's everybody doing? Everybody's doing well. Every, everybody's doing really, really well. Uh, the outpouring of uh, just the accolades and everything that that Dad uh, that we received after Dad passed uh, really was overwhelming, but very, very heartwarming, and and it's really helped. It's it's really helped a whole lot. And uh, I've had people send me clips from the scoreboard show of of him talking about their their player, their kid, whatever. Uh, it, it's been, uh, there's been some moments of sadness, of, of course, because there are things that I want to tell him that I can't, um, you know. But other than that, and I think that's normal, um, it, we're doing well, and uh, and thanks to everybody who sent a note, sent a card, and just reached out. It, it was much appreciated. Jay, it's been a while since you and I have gotten to chat and catch up. Your your voice sounds so much like Tommy. It completely caught me off guard as we were getting ready for the show. We miss him so dearly here at GPB. What do you want his legacy to be? I just want Dad to be remembered really for two things. The, the most important thing to me is how much he loved high school kids and high school athletics. And I know he's going to be remembered for football, but he also did a ton of basketball in, in his career. He loved high school kids, and, and he loved high school athletics. It, it was his passion. I mean, it, it really was. And, and the other thing that I would like for him to be remembered by is just what a consummate professional he was when he was behind that microphone and how seriously he took it and how hard that he tried to make sure that it was it was done correctly. Uh, Dad was old school. Dad was an old school broadcaster. And there's just a certain way that, that he wanted things to be done, and he did them that way. And that's why I think he was as successful as he was, is he did them the way that, that radio was done back in the 60s and the 70s. There was just a certain way it was supposed to sound. And I hope that's part of his legacy, too, that when you hear him, you hear, uh, it's like if you hear an old tape of Don Imus or Casey Kasem or something like that. It, it, it was different then, but Daddy kept doing it the same way because that's that was just the way he was taught. So I hope he's remembered for his love of high school kids and high school sports and just what a consummate professional he was every single time he, he got in front of a camera or behind a microphone. What's your first football memory with your dad? Four years old going to the Pecan Grove 
Bell Memorial Field in Claxton, uh, getting there, Dad taking me to the concession stand, um, explaining to me that if I needed to go to the restroom, that I needed to go to the restroom then because it would be a long time before I would be able to go. <laughs> Uh, not knowing what really what he did, uh, making my first climb up a, uh, a set of uh, press box stairs, watching Dad set the equipment up, um, and then right before he went on the air, telling me, when I start talking, you can't say anything. You can't ask me any questions. That's literally my first memory of a high school football game. And uh, he was serious about that. And so at the half, you know, he looked at me. He goes, okay, do you need to go to the bathroom? No, sir. <laughs> do you have any questions? No, sir. Good. And I did not realize that the second half a lot of times lasts longer than the first half. I wish I'd have taken him up on his offer. But yeah, I probably do need to go to the restroom, Dad. But, yeah, that's my first memory. Bell Memorial Field, the Pecan Grove, Claxton, Georgia. Going to the restroom before the game from experience is amazing advice. It really was. It really was. What other pieces of advice did he give you that has stuck with you and that you will continue to pull from for the rest of your life? The first time that I was ever going to be live on the radio with him, I was 13, and I was kind of serving as his his color analysis person. And uh, right before we went on, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, I want you to always remember this every time you get behind a microphone. And I said, okay. He said, and he just kind of tapped the microphone and said, you can say more in 10 seconds into one of these things than you can take back in a lifetime. So you always be careful what you say into one of these things. And I said, Yes, sir. And it's odd. Even this morning, doing the morning show that I participate in, those words run through my head every time I'm in front of a microphone. You can say more into a microphone in 10 seconds than you can take back in a lifetime. And just over the course of the last 30, 40 years, how many broadcasters have we seen say something that they wish they could take back and having to suffer the penalty for it? I mean, we've seen it happen, and it can happen if you're not careful. So that that's the biggest piece of advice that, that he gave me that I remember and that I use all the time. And the other thing is, particularly with high school athletics, always remember you're talking about somebody's son, grandson, daughter, or granddaughter. And this is lo- largely local broadcast. So you need to be real careful about being critical about a high school kid who's not – on scholarship, not getting any any benefit from playing sports like they do in college and the pros. So whenever yeah, I've probably done 300 play-by-play games um, in my career, I always tried to factor in you weren't you're not critical of high school kids because they're high school kids, and that has served me really really well too. Uh, they're high school kids. Be careful criticizing them at all because they're trying their best and they're not getting paid. And you're also now staying active as a volunteer coach down at Early County. What's that? What's that like with you at, uh, teaching offensive linemen? What's that like? 
Well, I've, I've been I've been working with the defensive line and the offensive line. I just got switched over kind of the offensive line a couple of weeks because we had a had a coach come down. Thankfully, it was not the COVID. It was uh, just kind of a tonsil problem. But yeah, I walked in and they said at five forty-five. They said you're coaching offensive line tonight, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> What are the plays? But so you kind of just have to wing it. But I, I can tell you, for me, it's it's fun. I enjoy it. I, I love the kids. Um, I, there's and you, you guys know this. There's nothing that can replace an atmosphere of a high school being on a high school football field in the state of Georgia on Friday night. There, there's nothing that compares to that. That, that I can think of, and practices work, but the, but it's worth it on it's worth it on Friday night. And and John, you were able to finally get get Dad, and I think y'all last <laughs> podcast, yeah. to admit that if he had to do it all over again, he would have been a high school football coach. And so I get to I get to live that. And and like I said, you know, it's hard. Because there are so many things that come up during the week, during practice, and, and especially in the times that we're living in right now, that I just want to be able to pick up the phone and call Dad and say, hey, this happened. Or, and if I didn't, he would have picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, tell me about practice. So we've got Westover this week. You know, Tell me what Westover's doing. You know, Are they pretty good? Do you all have a chance? Those kind of things. But as far as the coaching goes, other than – uh, the, the show that I get to help with every morning, which is a real blessing from God, and the round of golf that I get to play once every week or every two weeks. Uh, coaching football is something that is going to be very hard for me to. It's going to be very hard for me to pry myself away from that because every year you get tired and you say, "Okay, I'm not going to volunteer next year. I, I need to do this," and then. It, every year around March or April, you're like, well, maybe, maybe I'll go back and do it one more time. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I love it. I do. I love it. I love the atmosphere. I love being around the kids. I love being around coaches, uh, talking football. It, it's wonderful. It really is. Jay, Tommy would have been an outstanding coach, so I'm so glad that you're getting to do that. I want to ask you about another South Georgia coach, though, in a new role, Rush Propes at Valdosta. What are your thoughts on him, and tell me what else is going on down there in South Georgia? Well, as far as Coach Propes goes, and I know things didn't go the way he wanted them to uh, Friday night, uh, you know, two block punts, two interceptions, one return for a touchdown. And I'll say this, you know, Rush has had kind of been a controversial figure in his career, regardless of, of wherever he's been. But I will say this, when when Dad found out that when he got his cancer diagnosis, one of the first people to reach out to Dad and say, what can I do, was Rush Probst. And a lot of people don't know that. that. In fact, very few people know that. So while he might be controversial and he might not be everybody's cup of tea as far as how he coaches, uh, there's a a part of Rush Probst that's a really, really good guy to to do something like that. And I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm pulling for him. I, I really am. I'm pulling for him to do well at Valdosta, and I think he will do well at Valdosta. Uh, I, I mean, he's been he's been a success as a coach 
wherever he goes. And you might not like the way he goes about it. You might not like the methods or, or whatever he uses. But the bottom line is if you ask any kid who's played for Coach Popes in the last 25 years, they're going to tell you they wouldn't have wanted to play for anybody else. And at the end of the day, I think that's how coaches want to be judged. Is what, do, what do my players think about me 20 years down the line? That, that's what I think. And if your players can respect you and love you, even though you might have been tough on them for three years, uh, that I think at, at the end of the day, that's what Coach Propes wants to be judged on. I don't think he really cares what – what people in the media or fans in general think about him. I think he cares about what his kids think about him, and his kids play hard for him, and they win for him. And I think that's the bottom line. And when Early County isn't playing on a football Friday, you get the chance to kind of hop around the state and see what's going on. You got to see two teams that I've got kind of in a spot shadow this year go off on uh, Friday night against each other. Zach Grage and Jeff Littleton for Thomasville and Bainbridge. It'll be like any place, anytime, anywhere, twice on Tuesday. And if it's uh, out there on Georgia 300 at 345 on a Wednesday afternoon, they'll play. That's just how they're wired. What was it like to see those two go at it? I tell you, it was a really good football game. You know, a double-A football team, but a very good double-A football team is going to be able to compete with a really good 4A football team, which is what I got to see uh, Friday night. Jeff and them, Jeff, Coach Littleton and them coming off two losses. Now it was a loss to Coffee and a loss to Valdosta. But you're playing at home. They really, really needed that win, and they got it. Their defense played really, really well on Friday night. And then finally the offense kind of got untracked a little bit in the second half. And, and I just wanted to watch Thomasville because that's our region opener at Early County uh, on the ninth, and I kind of got what I expected. Uh, Thomasville really, really good on defense and really explosive on offense. They just never could seem to get in sync on offense, and I give Bainbridge's defense a lot of credit for that. They would come up with a, on, on second short. They would come up in a, a big play to put Thomasville in a third and longish situation, and it seemed like it happened all the time, every time Thomasville got in that situation. And uh, and it's because of the COVID practice schedule, because of some of the restrictions, I don't know if maybe it'll be something y'all can look for when you start your TV broadcast. The, the things that take time, the special teams and things like that, the long snappers, seeing bad snaps on punts. I'm seeing it every Friday night. I'm seeing bad snaps on, on field goals and extra points. So until that gets worked out, I think I think by the end of the year, by the time we get to playoff time, some of that will be sorted out. But right now, special teams is a big deal, and it was a big deal Friday night with Bainbridge and Thomasville. That's an interesting note that we'll have to keep our eye on this season. I know that this year is very different from seasons past. And this is my last question for you. What are you most looking forward to the rest of the season? Is there a specific game that stands out or a, a moment that you're looking for? You know, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Well, because of COVID, Hannah, I just look forward to playing on Friday night because in the environment that we're in, you could have it pulled out from under you on Thursday afternoon. So I think, and I think a lot of coaches feel that way. You, we just want to make it and be able to play on Friday night. And I'll give you an example. Uh, after we beat Pelham, 
they had a young man test positive on Saturday morning. Originally, we had 31 that were put in quarantine. So we had to cancel our next game, which was Mitchell. We got 19 of those back on Monday, but still, we had already canceled. We couldn't find another team to play on a short amount of time. So we've had two weeks now where we haven't been able to play because of, of, you know, unfortunately, and I think the player's fine, one player testing positive on the other team. So if you can just get to Friday night and the game is still on, that's what I'm looking most forward to is is being able to know we're going to play on Friday night. Now, I don't know if we'll get to that this year, but I will never, ever, ever take for granted the fact that we're always going to have football on Friday night in Georgia because COVID has taught me, no, nah, that might not happen. So I, when you know the old saying, you know, living for Friday night, literally that is the case this year in high school football. Just don't pull the rug out from under the kids on Thursday afternoon. And you can't point fingers because there's really no one to blame. It's just, stuff just happens like that. But that, And then, of course, looking down the road, the playoffs, anytime we get to November and you've got the best teams in each classification playing, that's always the, the, the most fun time of the year. Well, Jay, it was good to catch up with you, and I'm glad that uh, Hannah was here to help catch up with you as well. It's always good to hear your voice, and it's good to hear how things are going with you and the family down there in Blakely and in the borough and in all points in between. It was uh, good to see you and uh, definitely good to hear your voice. I love you very much, my friend. I love you too, brother. And uh, Hannah, good catching up with you, and I hope to talk to you all soon. And if I can't, I'll be watching. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, we need to catch up more, so hope to talk to you soon. All right, thank you. Awesome to catch up with Jay, and he is right about this being such a different season with Mm COVID-19 and not knowing if your team is going to be playing on Friday night. So we're in the same boat here at GPB Sports broadcasting-wise. We have finally announced our Football Friday in Georgia game of the week, our very first one of the season this Friday. But, of course, we have backup plans just in case things do not go in our favor. So, in case you missed the announcement on social media, here it is. Here it is. Our Football Friday in Georgia Game of the Week. Number one, Cedar Grove versus number eight, Milton at Eagle Stadium, 7 p.m. The Saints have had back-to-back 3A state titles in three plus in, in three of the last four years. The Eagles have also won a 7A state championship in 2018. They are 3-0 to start the season, beating Hateful Charter 43-18 on Friday. I am so excited for this one, John. And also, remember, GPB Sports uh, Recruiting 2020 is going to be on at 7 o'clock, and the Football Fridays will join you at 7.30 kickoff. Eh, 7.36, 7.37, 7.38, somewhere in there. But it's good to have this uh, lead-in for football season just because of how important recruiting is to the state of Georgia. What are you most looking forward to about this particular game? Being there. <laughs> Seriously. I don't get to be there, though, John. Oh, and that's the thing. We probably should tell folks that it's going to be a little different production-wise for us at GPB this year. Uh, most of the folks are going to be back here at the studios at GPB at 264 14th Street. 
Uh, I will be there on site with everyone from the production side of things, our cameras, our, our truck, and everything. So uh, we're going to be we're going to be scattered, but uh, we're going to give it to you and do our best every single week to give you the best uh, games all around the state. And that first one, really looking forward to seeing Cedar Grove, who's a defending champ. And uh, Milton, who's won the hardware in the past. So it's going to be a fun one. And we haven't had Cedar Grove on in quite a while being featured on GPB. So I'm really excited to watch them play on our platform. Yeah, Matt and Wayne will even be calling the football game from back in Studio A, I believe. Yep. And that's going to be a challenge. Lots of fancy monitors up with all the different angles. And I will be here as well in Studio J hosting the halftime show. Hopefully, you know, I just don't know how involved I will be throughout the game because last year we did lots of hits John yeah but look for me at halftime hopefully throughout the game as well doing some score updates trying to bug John yep get information from him on the side <laughs> John text me this piece of information <laughs> what do you see John what do you see down there well what I see Hannah is this but no it's, it's going to be a little different for us all but uh, we're going to be there each and every football Friday in Georgia for you this season and uh it's uh, it's what we love to do, and it will culminate with the championships down at Georgia State. And remember, that's going to be after Christmas this year, right? It'll be your New Year's present. It'll be 26, 7, and 8, I think, or 28, no, 28, 29, 30. Mm-hmm. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday after Christmas, that's when the championships are at Georgia State, and our Football Fridays in Georgia broadcast starts this Friday, 7 o'clock, recruiting 2020, followed by the kickoff of Football Fridays in Georgia at 7.30, Cedar Grove and Milton. Final words. Don't miss our Countdown to Kickoff Facebook Live show every Wednesday at noon with John and I. We preview, we recap, we have fun videos and pictures that you might have missed. And we also get to interact with everybody in the Facebook comment section. So join us at noon every Wednesday and enjoy your lunch with us. Yes. And what's for lunch, by the way? That's that's the, the main question that we have here. That is another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us once again every single week for the remainder of the football season. We will keep you posted on what is going on here in the state of Georgia when it comes to some of the best high school football games, schools, and talent all around the country. This, this uh, podcast is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. Boy, does he put up with a lot on a weekly basis. For Hannah, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.